Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that is about to become just a podcast about birds. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. And besides those birds, we're also going to be talking about the return of Jordan Walker. We're going to try to dig into the Cardinals' recent play, the good and the bad. We're going to talk about John Mozalek and where we think the Cardinals are heading. And we're going to take a look at the upcoming series against the Reds and the series against the Giants. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. Hey, Hambone, did you know that ostrich eyes are the largest of any animal that lives on land? No, Nate, I didn't know that. Did you know that they're approximately the size of a billiard ball and their eyes are actually bigger than their brains? Wow, no, I didn't. That's amazing. Do you feel a certain kinship with ostriches? I guess so. (laughs) Hey, I'm doing a bit. You don't get to do a bit on top of this. (laughs) No idea what you're talking about. Did you know that cardinals, (laughs) along with several other bird species, sometimes cover themselves in crushed or living ants, smearing them over their feathers or allowing living ants to crawl on them? I didn't. Yeah, while scientists still aren't sure what the purpose of anting is, Some believe the birds use the formic acid secreted during their ant bats to help get rid of lice and other parasites. Wow. Did you know that? (laughs) No. How would I know that? I didn't know that either. Aren't birds fascinating? Wow. Isn't this more interesting and more enjoyable to listen to? Now I get it. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Then maybe what's been happening as a Cardinal fan over the last week. Maybe wouldn't it just be nice to talk about birds for a little bit? (laughs) Oh, I think obviously we're experts. I totally knew where you where you were going that entire time. Um, uh-huh. And honestly, I was locked in. And usually yeah. when you talk, I kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, glaze over like a donut. Here's a fun one. When the mallards, when mallards nap in groups, the ones on the perimeter keep guard by sleeping with one eye open. While the others sleep more deeply, those on the outside of the circle also keep one side of their brain awake even wow. as they doze so that predators won't be able to sneak up on them. Wow. Uh, give me a drop, drop a penguin fact. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, penguin. I, penguins are like the only bird that can't fly, but can swim or something like that. I was, uh, wow. I'll find it. I'll find a penguin fact. It's I'll find already it. gone off the rails. You suck at this. Well, I have my prepared content and you've asked for, <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, you think that mallards love Metallica? Um, uh, mal, mal, uh, no, no, I don't. Mal, mal, maltalica. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say it. We both were, uh, well, they sleep with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't, I'm shocked that you even know that Metallica reference. Everybody knows that song. Sleep Come with on. one eye open. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, um, I was listening to speed metal before we got on this call. That's why I'm feeling wow. so amped today. I'm all jacked up. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, you got your tiny ostrich brain. Yep. Uh, Big eyes. 
the guys. <laughs> uh, I learned something interesting recently. Is it about I, birds? It is about birds, actually. Um, so here's a good segue. So in the birding community, yeah, there is a term called your spark bird. Uh, and what a spark bird is, is what is the bird that got you into sure being a, into birds? Yeah. Okay. And I thought that was actually an interesting question. Uh, I don't have a spark bird, but for the, the, the concept of our podcast, I bet most people have a, a spark bird as far as their favorite cardinal that got them into yeah like into sports or into the into the cardinals or whatever your favorite team may be so uh i was actually curious ben i don't know that you and i've had like this conversation uh with this in mind who would you consider to be your spark bird i think it's pretty easy and pretty obvious um ozzy yeah. smith uh i thought because- you were gonna say that yeah. I, I mean, I, Mark McGuire is probably number two, but growing mm-hmm. up in St. Louis, Ozzy Smith getting to the game slightly early to see him warm up. Um, and then his like availability in the community. Um, like yeah. he was kind of just everywhere. Uh, he had a restaurant in South County that we would go to um, yep. called Ozzy's. And for your birthday, you would get a baseball cake. Like as a little chunky boy, that is the only thing I wanted in the world. So yeah, it's gotta be Ozzy. And then, uh, I mean, big Mac just being, you know, yeah. Uh, walking God, you know, for a handful of years there when I was young was, was pretty impactful too, but Ozzy Smith all day. He, he's the guy. Yeah. I, I figured you were going to say the same and that would be my response as well. I, I suspect that most people of our age, uh, if you were getting into baseball in the nineties, there wasn't a lot for you to really get into as a Cardinal fan, uh, right. for, for a lot of the nineties, but you had Ozzie Smith, who besides being obviously like, you know, one of the flashiest best players of all time. Yeah. He also did like backflips. He's kind of a funny dude. Like there there's, it, there's a lot in there that would make you as a kid or really anyone really enjoy yeah. Uh, enjoy him. And so, yeah, same. I have a, uh, a very distinct memory of actually meeting Ozzy Smith at Ozzy's. Uh, you might've been there. I don't know. I only remember yeah. the Ozzy Smith part of it, but basically he was there and I like ran him down through the restaurant to get an autograph uh, on like an Ozzy's napkin, Yeah, which I had forever. I, I have no idea where it is now, um, <laughs> yeah. but like as a kid, that was one of my favorite things. So, uh, yeah, I pretty much echo your sentiment. Um, Le- uh, Ray Langford was a big guy for me too. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, it, for the purposes of the question, like it's gotta be Ozzie Smith. And then you're probably right. Mark McGuire as well. I think probably most Cardinal fans would, yeah. from yeah. that era would feel the same. Yeah. And my, like my, like indie pick would probably be like John Mabry. Um, yeah. only because I remember I met him, at some type of signing event at some type of shopping mall. And as a little boy, like, you know, he's this mountain and was super duper nice to me and signed my stuff. And I like have a picture with him and all that. And that was extremely impactful as a, as a small baby child. But uh, I, you know, John Mabry was a fine player, but uh, not a, not someone who I like. Honestly, I think of him more as being a hitting coach than a a baseball player at this point. But uh, yeah, impactful. None the least. 
Well, it's funny you say John Mabry because I've had a, a pet theory for a long time because a lot of Cardinal fans think very fondly about John Mabry and his time with the Cardinals, even though it was not particularly long and it was not particularly successful. Um, he wasn't bad, of course. He, you know, making the majors is an accomplishment of its own. But of the guys from the '90s to remember, like, why would we remember John Mabry over any other random person who spent? you know, a handful of years on the team. And I think it's kind of what you said about Ozzy Smith. I feel even more for John Mabry. He was everywhere. Yeah. Every single, like every weekend he was doing a signing at like Sears or whatever. Yeah. Like he was on TV all the time. He was at every local event doing autographs or being like the speaker or whatever. He was everywhere. So I think if you were a Cardinal fan in the nineties and if you lived in the St. Louis region, you probably met John Mabry, uh, included in my collection uh, with my Ozzy Smith autograph. I had like four or five John Mabry uh, <laughs> right, <yeah>. autographs, <laughs> uh, and it made me really like him. And I and I think that there's a lot of people like that that have this fondness for John Mabry because of that. Um, and, and hey, like before we shit on John Mabry too much, fourteen year career. Um, he played for a while. He was yeah. part of that 2002 Oakland team that had the uh, was the 22 game winning streak. The the team that's the covered money in ball. Yeah. Um, he he's got some notable things. He, he, yeah, absolutely. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. Just you wouldn't think you'd remember him out of any other no, random yeah, team. Yeah, team. Um, what he spent like four years with the Cardinals. Maybe he has a combined eight years and over three different stints. Okay. Okay. That's more than I thought, but Duh. but still, still point being like he was everywhere besides yeah. on the field. Like I, I've met him so many times. Great guy. And I was happy when he got, you know, brought here as a, as a coach as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Sparkbird, if you know what your, uh, what, what was your Sparkbird as a listener, uh, tweet us or, or hop in the bird scored and let us know what your, what your <laughs> Sparkbird was. God. <laughs> yeah. Hit us with that hashtag, my spark bird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> geez. Hey, Ben, did you know native to New Zealand, kiwis are bizarre landbound bird? The kiwis' <sighs> strange traits, which include feathers that feel like hair, heavy bones filled with marrow, and nostrils on the tip of their nose, rather at the base of their beak like most birds, have led to some scientists to call them honorary mammals. Wow. Um you know, if those bones are all filled with marrow, I think I want to get my hands on a kiwi and <laughs> eat sounds that tasty. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if people eat kiwi. Like, I know there's a fruit named kiwi, so uh, yeah. Like, oh, could you get try a to... dish that has kiwi yeah. on kiwi? Ooh, you you sick piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd I would eat it. I mean, it's probably not good. I don't know, like orange duck isn't that a thing like i feel like it's kind orange of... duck <laughs> what am i talking about isn't there some french <laughs> isn't there some french... <laughs> orange duck sauce uh, please try know. not try not to classy up the joint a little too Jeez. much <laughs> it's duck a la orange there we go that's yes it's a french preparation of a duck um where you pair it with some type of orange um Zest. Yeah. So orange what I'm duck. saying, Nate, is that a uh, zested kiwi and a kiwi bird uh -huh. might might be might work. Julia Child could probably whip something up. This Let episode has gone it. off the rails immediately. <laughs> I think that this is maybe the best content we've ever provided. <laughs>
but we should talk about the Cardinals. Um, rough. The uh, we rough, could just break down how to cook duck a la, a la I can't even ora- say it. Orange. I'm reading it in front of my face and I can't say it. L'orange. 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 My Midwestern duck, mouth is getting in my duck way. L'orange. Duck l'orange. Um, all right. So rough times continue. We're back. We're back in the depths. We're in the bad place again. Uh, Cardinals are swept by the Pirates, and we're recording before the third game against the Rangers. And a win would be nice, but um, you know it's probably not going to change too much about the, the current attitude of the team's performance, uh, particularly after the sweep from the Pirates. Uh, I think we expected to get trounced by the Rangers, and it's actually been slightly better games than I was expecting, uh, but still resulting in losses. Yeah, and I, I think you could say that the Rangers, or I think you could argue the Rangers might be the best team in baseball in this moment. I don't think that yeah. that's universally true uh, or will be true for the whole season, but right now it's like the Rays and the Rangers, and then kind of everyone else. Yeah. No, I mean, so, they're a great team, yeah. and we we could see it this weekend. You know, or not weekend this week. Like, yeah, uh, it's been closer games, which has been nice. But like their lineup is stacked. Yeah. And their pitching is good. Their bullpen is supposed to be bad, but it's been pretty good against the Cardinals. The, uh, their new guy, Anderson, you know, gave up a little bit. But otherwise, their bullpen sure looked pretty good in these two games. Of course, it's not always that difficult to look good against the Cardinals right now. But still, like the one part that's supposed to be pretty bad, it, it showed up against the Cardinals. Uh, so yeah, it's rough, but I mean, they are a great team and they've been building this for a while. And other than DeGrom, which we're going to talk about later, like everything has broken well for them. They're kind of having like the opposite Cardinal, uh, um, outcome where like they gamp, this was a huge gamble for them this season, the way they put their rotation together, um, the pieces that they've added and it's kind of all working except for DeGrom. Well, we, we talked about this in the off season. They kind of went like the high variance pick and all of those things are working. I mean, Nathan Eovaldi is one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Um, I kind of expected Marcus Simeon to start to get old at some point, but he's not going to do it this year. Uh, And Corey Seager, when healthy, is, I mean, like a truly fearsome power left-handed bat. Not to mention, I mean, we could go on and on. I'd almost rather talk about the Rangers right now. <laughs> at least they're they're hitting the ball around. Um, but yeah, it's also hard to go play the Rangers when you're starting Brendan Donovan in left field, when Burleson's your your DH, DeYoung is your shortstop, um, Edmund is playing center field. I mean, this team is just it just yeah. doesn't look right. And, and the offense and the I mean, we talked about at length that the Cardinals probably number one strength going into this season was their position player depth. That strength or they arguably had more position player depth than anyone in baseball. And not only has it been tested, um, but it's been tested to the extreme end and they've had performance issues. So it's just been, it's just been rough. It has been. Um, But, you know, I guess one, one bright spot or at least one exciting thing as a Cardinal fan is that Jordan Walker has returned. Yes. And uh, how about that? uh, That uh, dinger from yesterday's game. I mean, you was 110 miles off the bat. Second deck. Um, I mean, he just absolutely destroyed it. Had a great at bat leading up to that home run too. Yeah. Um, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but we kind of like, 
The kid looks over matched his first month in the big leads. Of course he does. He was, yeah. what is he, 2021? 20, um, let him get his, if you think he's the guy and your outfield is going to be this, uh, you know. Not outfielders? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're going to start seven, seven infielders, just bring up the kid and let him figure yeah. it out and let him get reps at the back of the lineup. Uh, and of course, we see him have a great, uh, a couple of games already yeah. against the Rangers. Um, this, well, this is this is how the rest of the season needs to go. And I hate to say it, but the reality is, is like we're approaching lost season territory. You know, that, are we, man? That that won't that actually won't be determined for quite a while. Yeah, but my belief is that the true path towards the Cardinals becoming like consistently contending is getting some of these young guys uh, up to speed and contributing at the big league level. And I think a lot of that is Jordan Walker. And he may lose a few games for us right now with some shaky defense, but it's not that worse than some of the other guys we've been throwing out there. And the quicker we can get Jordan Walker up to the uh, elite hitting level that that everybody knows he will be, like the better this team is. And... I, I, while I disagreed with it firmly in, at the end of April when he was uh, sent down or early May, you could at least argue that like there were other options and his, his defense was shaky enough that like they, you know, they didn't want to lose a single game because of, of him because it was still close. Right. I get that. But right now, I know it's only June and seven and a half games back. There's the seven game series against the the Brewers. Like, you know, it, all it takes is a really good run and the Cardinals are right back in it. But I don't think they have a really good run without something happening like Jordan Walker becoming elite because like there's too many gaps on this team right now and you need somebody stepping up. And it's like I could see a world where maybe Jordan Walker does catch fire and yeah. we have like some support to Goldie and Gorman and Arenado when he's on that, like, you know, could bring this team back into a competitive nature, but just doesn't feel like right now. And obviously we ride the wave on, we've talked about this on the show. We ride the wave, right? You right. know, we have happy episodes. We have sad episodes basically based off of the last seven games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think the path out of this is Jordan Walker. Yeah. Coming comfortable at the big league level. I think part of the path of this is Matthew Libertor becoming comfortable at the big league level. And there might be some pain uh, in that process, but the end result is worth it. And we need, and even if it means we lose a few more games right now, I don't know, probably fine. Uh, We got to get to this next level or or next year is looking bad. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think you're mostly right, but I do like the, that side of the team is not the problem. Um, yeah, I understand. And we're going to talk about it. The pitching has been a lot better as of recently. Um, and of course, as soon as the pitching gets going, the offense kind of falls off and we're getting, you know, below average performance from all three outfield positions and essentially DH, depending on how we want to classify Nolan Gorman right now. Um, but it's really hard to be effective on the position player side when either you're underperforming or everyone is playing out of position. Yeah. Um, so I do think like what you're saying is like, okay. We have a right fielder. His name is Jordan Walker. Keep playing him in right field. Don't put anyone else out there unless he needs a day off. Um, right. And, you know, 
put put a Juan Yepes or Burleson out there. The more the these guys are playing in their positions, the better this team is going to be. And I still think like Wilson Contreras and Nolan Arenado are not going. This is not going to be how the they have a hundred games left to play. This is not yeah. going to be how the next one hundred games are. Uh, Wilson Contreras is not going to end the season with a sub seven hundred OPS. Uh, and Nolan Arenado is probably going to be able to play defense again and start hitting uh, like he has for the last 10 years. Um, but man, right now, it's I mean, it's easy to blame. We, you can blame anyone except for Goldie and Miles right now. And, and I guess Gorman, yeah. um, but it's pretty easy to blame that. It's I mean, health, uh, getting getting any type of game uh, from Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newbar would really, really go a long way uh, for this yeah. team as well. But the yeah. new bar is certainly starting to feel like more and more of a, uh, a critical asset. I mean, we, we talked about it with, uh, uh, just a few weeks ago when we were saying he was comparable to Juan Soto as far as his production at the plate. Um, and I don't know. I mean, with him going on the IL, it's kind of right when the team started to struggle again. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, it makes sense if you got a 450 OBP at the top of your lineup, uh, that's going to change the complexity of your offense. Yeah. Right. And he's a good defender in the outfield too. Yeah. Lars, Lars just makes this team so much better. Also being from the left-hand side. Um, but anyways, we should be celebrating. Jordan yes. Walker is back. This is good. Oh, yes. I expect him to stay for the remainder of the year. Pretty much no matter what happens. Uh, Ben, did you know that believed to be the first domestic bird pigeons were used for millennia to deliver messages, including important military information and the outcome of the early Olympic games? Yes. Though non-avian mail delivery has become more popular over time. Pigeons were used as recently as World War II. Wow. Yes. Maybe we should deliver this podcast via pigeons. That's such a good idea. (laughs) I hate you right now. Uh, <laughs> feels like an improvement. Okay. Um, yeah. what else is going on? So we also had, uh, Lucan Baker, Lucan Baker, famously, uh, who was Chandler Redmond, Redmonding a couple of weeks ago. No, 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 was no, it no. The, no. Ch- Chandler Redmond was Lucan Bakering. Chandler Redmond was Lucan Bakering yes. and Lucan Baker, uh, because we got to keep trying something. He's been crushing at the minors. He got a call up, which is exciting. I, he deserved yeah. it. You know, he's been um, an absolute beast at the minors. And there's a clear opportunity for playing time in the majors. So he got the call up. Uh, what's been your early thoughts on on Luke and Baker? Oh, I think it's you, you, we kind of talked about this. I believe you phrased it this way when we were talking about Matthew Liberatore kind of taking over in the rotation. But the guy was knocking on the door, banging on the door to get a, a spot. And and that is exactly who you want to call up, you know, use the hot hand. Yeah. Um, and Luke and Baker was doing that. Plus, you know, he's got a 165 WRC plus in AAA right now. 18 home runs. He is walking almost as much as he's striking out, which is a huge improvement for him. 17% uh, walk rate against a 21% K rate. Um, So either he is on a hot streak of a lifetime, he has figured something out, or he has just progressed beyond AAA and he just 
uh, you know, obliterates that competition. So I think it's a good move for the Cardinals. I'm happy that they're doing it. Unfortunately, Luke and Baker is really only first base or DH, but I think we have DH at bats right now, especially with all the injuries I was just complaining about. Um, I, I guess the thing that could be frustrating is that if you're a Juan Yepes fan, this kind mm-hmm. of blows up Juan's spot on the roster as far as his, uh, uh, you know, primary use case, or at least how I think the Cardinals should use them. Obviously, he can play outfield too. Um, but I think it's great. Ride the hot hand, and hey, maybe he'll lighten up the clubhouse, hit a couple of bombs, get sent down. Who knows? But I, like you said, the Cardinals need to do something different, uh, and yeah. this is something different. Also, I, I know he's not ancient, but always root for a 26 year old rookie and especially uh, someone who's, you know, six, five, fifty <laughs> plus or whatever. I, I just love the big boys. So let him go he, up uh, and mash and see what happens. He fits the beef boy mold. My goodness. He is large. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, so early results, he's only had eight plate appearances and those were his first eight in the major league. So, you know, it's, the smallest of small sample sizes. He has struck out in 50% of them, which is not great. Yeah. Um, but he also got a couple hits. Uh, so uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him and what sort of playing time he gets. Um, but it's it's fun. You know, this is a guy that has been calling for a call up since this season started, basically. And uh, uh, hopefully he, he can transition some of those minor league results into something useful for the major leagues. And and we don't need to get too deep on this right now. um, But I think that it should be uh, uh, noted that Luke and Baker was not on the fan graphs. Cardinals top prospects uh, right up this year, not even an honorable mention. Um, So I think I'm not saying that he like read that and, you know, put that on his locker and, gritted it out and got up here. But I think it's kind of fun. The idea that this guy who's kind of forgotten about it in the Cardinal system for all the reasons we were kind of chatting about, like broke it, knocked down that door, came up and, and hopefully yeah. contributes uh, again at a slightly, very slightly advanced stage. But uh, yeah, I love it. I love the whole story. I hope good things happen. Well, and this is what we have become accustomed to as Cardinal fans uh, over the years is like, sometimes the better players that we end up with are not the ones that were like the top prospects. Right. Um, now like what, what is that? Why does that happen? Is it like, we're just bad at like people are bad at identifying prospects or, or, you know, Cardinals are good at developing people who don't necessarily have the profile that you're used to, uh, being successful. I don't know, but, um, you know, it is interesting that that happens pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I yeah. just, uh, mention, uh, to coincide with that move, finally, the Cardinals have stopped carrying three catchers. Uh, sorry, Tres Pereira. Um, but it wasn't making sense. It didn't make sense until this yeah. move happened. I'm, I'm not necessarily happy to see Barrera back down, but I'm happy to see that that spot is actually going to be used now rather than playing yeah. with a 25 man roster for the last few weeks, which. Yeah, confounded me at the beginning and still confounds me. And I was reading an interview with John Mosellock earlier today, and he didn't even really want to answer that question. So <laughs> it's it's gone. It's over. It's in the past. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, we can move on from that. Um, finally, some good news uh, that I, I think 
you know, we talked about the importance of new bar. I don't think this person's importance can be understated as well. Although the offensive profile is different. Dylan Carlson has started his rehab. I know offensively, like we've, it's been up and down, um, but he's still incredibly young and he's a fantastic center fielder. And I think there could be some stability brought by having someone yeah. like Carlson in the lineup uh, and Tommy Edmond not playing center field every night. Not that Tommy Edmond has done a bad job. Like he, like, there is no there is no fault of Tommy Edmond when we say we would rather have Carlson in center. Uh, Tommy Edmond has been doing a fine job. I, I can't imagine what it's like to have to be sometimes no. the starting shortstop, sometimes the starting center fielder, sometimes the second baseman. You know what a what a ridiculous thing he's doing for this team. Um, yeah, but yeah. anyway, Carlson, like I'm excited for the potential to have him back. Yeah, the the stability, I think, is the prime word there. I I will say like and and maybe I'm just feeling a little down because of the poor baseball that's been played the last six days or so. Um, I just don't know what to expect from Dylan going forward. Um, Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's going to do a Tommy thing and maybe he's going to cut down on the switch hitting. I don't I don't know. I just. I'm feeling a little underwater as far as uh, Dylan Carlson and optimism are concerned right now. But having him back is obviously good because at least he's a real outfielder, like you were saying. Yeah. And and Ben, while most parrots only learn around 50 words, some African gray parrots have been known to learn hundreds. Einstein, a brilliant African gray parrot at the Knoxville Zoo in Tennessee, can say almost 200 words. Yeah. So cool. Like Einstein was able to rise above expectations. And oh learn over God. 200 words. Uh, Dylan Carlson may be able to rise above expectations. I think and become learning words is a misnomer. <laughs> these words, these birds don't know w- with any context or, or what they're saying. They're just little recording devices that repeat back, but they don't. Does it matter? Don't. Yes, that's a very distinct difference. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, speak they're... Japanese <laughs> like out okay. loud if I was reading it. it. Um, but I have no idea what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> it's absolutely worthless. I, I don't think people think parrots know what they're saying. I'm I just trying to put parrots on notice. It's like not I that we all know. Yeah. They're not. They're not like talking to us. They're not. They're, but I think the idea think is pe- it's impress. People it's can sound like birds can- better than birds can sound like people. <laughs> yeah fuck them you're right we're we are better at talking than birds you know what i didn't know that we had to pick a side here but um i think it's pretty impressive yeah yeah it's really Mm -hmm. quite amazing i think we gotta send a bird to the white house if you know what i mean hey hey i actually don't know what that i don't know (laughs) all right uh moving on um Let's talk about some some good things for a minute. Sure. You want to talk about Miles? Miles has been great, Nate. Yeah. Nate, Miles is great. Um, Nate, great. You know, we like Miles on this podcast. He is mm-hmm. not the flashiest pitcher. Um, but when he's rocking and rolling, he's just super duper solid. Over the past seven starts, he's only given up eight runs. And over that same time period, he's been a top five pitcher in MLB according to Fangraphs war, like the guys just look great. And it's really for me when I watch him, it's the fastball that is kind of yeah. clicked in that, that is kind of changed everything in his outcome 
uh, or is the way that his season is going. Um, it's got a little more rise to it. It's got a little more juice to it. And the location is there. It's, it's just been really, really fun to watch. And thank God for miles Michaelis. Yeah, it makes sense too. Cause remember, uh, earlier in the season when he was truly struggling, it was like, he was just throwing like an 88 mile per hour fastball with no spin right down the middle and getting crushed right over and over and over. Like his stuff needs to be perfect or it's just, he's a soft tossing righty, right? You know, it's sort right. of the same thing Wayno's running into, but miles has made the adjustment. Although miles can get more velo behind it than, than Wayno. Don't get yeah, me wrong. I was going to say his, his, the fastball just, just velo alone has, I yeah. thought looked as really yeah. as good as we've seen him yeah. um, in a Cardinals uniform. I'm kind of like trying to think back on that, but no, I think he's looked great. Um, and the results are there. Also, he never walks people, which makes yeah. watching his starts, um, you know, tremendously more easy. Well, sometimes you got to saddle up, put on your cowboy hat and throw strikes. Cowabunga, Cowabunga dude. Cowabunga dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so energy right there. That is big cowboy energy. So miles has been good. Um, and, uh, Jack, you know, I think some of the results are still not totally there, but, um, you have an interesting data point on, on Jack's, uh, performance. If you want to share that. Yeah. And I think, uh, well, I'll say it and then I'll say, I guess what I was going to think, but Jack has been performing over the last 100 plate appearances, which again is really only a couple of starts, but we'll take it. Uh, he has dropped his ex Woba from 410 to 262. And if you remember, uh, I don't know if you care, but ex Woba, it's really just trying to calculate overall offensive performance again against him based on stat cast data, um, and other things, but he's, you know, getting close to cutting that number completely in half. I think that we probably owe Jack if he's successful this evening uh, while we're recording, probably owe him a, a deep dive of his own to kind of peek into yeah. what exactly he's doing different. Um, but that's huge. I mean, it's your one and two right there, right? however you want to flip them. But Miles, I think he's fully online right now. And Jack is moving that direction more and more and more. If he keeps dropping that ex Woba, if his fastball keeps looking nice, I think we, I'm not, I don't want to ever say the, the pitching is fixed. Um, I also think we have problems in the bullpen right now too, <laughs> but at least we have some starting pitcher strength to, um, you know, if, if you go to Texas, if you go, uh, to, to Milwaukee, you're not shaking in your boots because of the pitching matchups. Yeah. Tonight's going to be a really interesting test for Flaherty. It is. And by, t- by the time you're listening to this, that test will already have been completed. So we're hoping it'll be a, uh, a good outcome. Um, and yeah, like an ex Woba of over 400 is horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We talked about Woba at a recent episode and anything over 400 is elite. And so what that means is on average, everybody was elite against. Yeah. <laughs> against yeah. Everyone Flaherty. is Freddie Freeman against Jack <laughs> against Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, Not good. Not great. Uh, 260 though. Pretty good. Pretty good. If if you can maintain that, like you're going to win some games. Yeah, and again, that to be clear, that that stat was over the last 100 plate appearances. That's how much right. he's changed it. So he's been pitching actually better than that to get that stat down there. Um, so yeah, a little optimism for Jackie Boy. Yeah, uh, and let's let's talk about Paul DeYoung for a minute. Uh, start starting to feel like oh, here we go again. Right? Yeah. 
we're starting to see the the decline, the rapid decline. Um, but he's been a little bit better over the last week. And I, I think I feel like a sense of ownership because we have publicly shot on uh, Mr. Young over and over again. And I still, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still not fully sold. But I do think what's interesting is he was in kind of a week and a half, two week slump. And he's kind of popped out over that this this last week. Um, and what's interesting to me, while the power hasn't totally been there and we've talked about he's kind of a boomer bust guy. His uh, his uh, quality of at bat has been a lot higher. He's walking almost as much as he's striking out. He's hitting singles and getting on base. And if that's the baseline for Paulie D and he pops a home run every other week, so that's a solid major league player. So I think that deserves a call out. He's got an 825 OPS uh, since the last time you and I talked. Um, and with that defense, that that will play, my friend. Yeah. Uh, X Woba of 345. Yeah. So solidly um above average like a valuable player um and it is that that ability to get out of the slump at the major league level that we just have not seen right over the last few years it is almost always required a month of horrible at bats a demotion and then you know an an, an inevitable return yeah but uh being able to make that adjustment at the big league level is is what will keep yeah. him here. And I'm kind of like, we'll, we'll see how long I want to keep updating this on the show, but I think I'm kind of locked into this. Like I'm going to check every seven days to just to kind of see how he's progressing yeah. and, and, and see where we're at. But yeah, feel good right now. I, uh, I don't know how to interpret that. This isn't necessarily a good thing, but all things considered. Well, I uh, think some of our listeners will view this as a good thing. Yeah. Andrew Kisner has surpassed uh, Wilson Contreras in baseball reference war on this yeah. season at 0.6 versus 0. 0.5, <laughs> uh, which not a lot of winning across the board uh, there, no. but catching is hard and they no. are, uh, they are above replacement level, both of them. But um, I hey, think them two know. together is like a third of a Sean Murphy. So that's pretty good. Hey, there you go. And it only cost money and yeah. ball games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kisner is he's he's doing well, you know, with the time <laughs> that he that he's been given. Yeah. Uh, it's a surprise to the both of us. And we don't want to, like, say we don't want that. Uh, I do think it's interesting, though. Yvonne Herrera seems to have been had a bit of a resurgence at the minor leagues. Um, I don't know how much you've been tracking this, but he won a uh, minor league player of the month in May for the Cardinals minor league system. And he's kind of been crushing down there. Yeah. Um, and you know, Kisner's great. We we've always loved Andrew Kisner and have no problem with the amount of playing time that he's been getting. But, no. um, I wonder if there's a, a world where Yvonne gets another shot sometime soon. Well, yeah. And I wonder like, what kind of shot that looks like. And I'll say yeah. I had not been paying attention to this, but I'm looking at this right now and there's a lot of really good shiny numbers on this, uh, on his, uh, uh, triple a performance so far this year, he's got 39 games played 32 walks against 39 strikeouts. That's amazing right there. 428 yeah. on base percentage. Um, I wonder if there could be a scenario in which, even Herrera and Wilson Contreras are DH catching 
kind of in a, in a sort of tandem. I do think that when you start talking about that, there's, you, you might also have Andrew Kisner on the roster for that terrifying, uh, catcher, uh, shortage issue. Yeah. Um, and playing two catchers in one game is, is not always a great idea, but yeah, I'm curious. That's, that's pretty exciting to see that. That's a really, really nice season from a guy who has kind of not had a lot of positive press over the past 12 months. Yeah. So that's, that's great. I'll be, uh, we'll watch that as well. He's only 23 years old still. Yeah. And catching is hard. I suspect that the likely outcome is that Yvonne does not get a shot at the majors until there's an injury. Uh, and yeah. the Cardinals would rather keep the sure hand of Kisner and let Wilson just like adjust, yeah. you know, um, I doubt they mix that up, but, uh, it's nice that at least a third option is reemerging because yeah. it was not that long. It was last year that everyone thought Yvonne would be the starter this year. I so. mean, the Cardinals spend 80 plus million dollars because you have to presume because they didn't think Yvonne was going to be, uh, you know, right. the future, the truth, the guy. The guy, the guy. Um, all right, let's talk about the Cardinal defense. You've you kind of so, hinted at this before. So yeah, you know, I was writing up, trying to trying to put together a positive outline for you and I to have a nice conversation, and then I kind of stumbled into this, and I just felt I needed a bitch and moan about the Cardinals defense for a second. So sorry, um, defense. Has sucked. Defense. Has sucked. <laughs> Cardinals are ranked 26 in defensive run saves with a negative 17. Ooh. Now, is that good? Some of that, I actually, I don't know. Is that good? It's really bad, actually. Okay. You would like okay. that to be positive. Um, and really, like, around zero is kind of league averagey. Um, the Cardinals are well uh, below league average. Statcast mm-hmm. outs above average. Uh, which is looking at positional uh, position playing and exit below and, and those kinds of things. They are ranked 23rd with a negative seven. Um, so it's really been bad. And it's like why I wanted to talk about those two numbers is because it's not like, hey, this guy sucks. It's the whole team is just yeah. not playing super crisp defense right now. And I'm going to pick on Nolan Arenado um, only for the reason that he is probably the most stark example because over the past 10 years by defensive war on fan graphs, he's been the fifth best or most productive player on defensive war. Um, Honestly, I'm surprised he's only fifth. Well, it's all Uh, catchers pretty much. It's like catchers and Francisco Lindor ahead of him, um, which makes sense because Lindor is ridiculous and catchers, you know, framing and all that good stuff. Right. Um, so he's elite. He's the elite of the elite defender. Yeah. And Nolan course. Arenado currently has a minus one defensive war, according to fan graphs. Now, I say that and I also want to caveat it with like defensive metrics are, are a little squishy. They're a little weird. This doesn't mean everything. Yeah. But still, this is what we're watching right now. And this yeah. is just another when, when the Cardinals talk about giving wins away, when they talk about not playing Chris baseball. My viewpoint on that is that this is a huge version or a huge problem um, in that, you know, shitty salad of poor play. Uh, This is the vinaigrette on top of that um, shit salad, (laughs) like I just said. Hey, Ben, did you know that some Swiftlets appropriately named edible nest Swiftlets build nests almost exclusively from their hardened saliva? 
the saliva nests are considered a delicacy in some countries. In China, they are most frequently used to make bird nest soup and one of the most expensive foods in the world, despite having little flavor and no real nutritional value. That is vile and disgusting. <laughs> Good for you, Chinese folks. I do, I, I do not want to try that for myself. Just seemed appropriate considering, uh, you know, we're talking about a... Uh, a shit uh, salad or, or a, a shit salad. We, we've got a, a saliva soup. Uh, I think I'd rather have the saliva soup. A between shit salad and saliva soup. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a pretty clear choice. there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some Especially people... if it's some weird bird that's spitting all over the trees. I guess I'd rather have that than human. At least so, like uh, some yeah, people anyway. consider it a delicacy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think Arenado, <laughs> you can see it, right? You can see yeah. it when he's like, I, it just hasn't felt the same this year. Like the one of the best parts about the Cardinals over the last few years has just been watching Arenado play defense. And we've gotten a little bit of it. Don't get me wrong. You know, he makes yeah. a great play here and there. But there's been more this year where it's been like, oh, Arenado didn't get there in time. The throw was a little wide. The throw was a little short. Like he's just having an off year and you know true greats usually don't have off years they have off weeks maybe an off month or so and i i'm very confident that like you know it's not going to be a full off yeah. year but like it is interesting that it's not just his plate approach it's also his defensive approach has yeah. uh has struggled yeah yeah and like I uh, to expand on what you're talking about, like one of the greats isn't going to have an off year. Probably not. Um, I also think that Arenado is the type of guy that can have an off half. The entire first half cannot be great and he can turn it around and still get to his numbers in production, all that, because he is yeah. that type of player that can just be the best player. He, he can win. Well, an we MVP. saw it. Yeah. We saw it this year already and yeah. he almost won an MVP last year. And in some metrics, like he maybe should have won over yeah. Goldschmidt. Like we all, of course, support the Goldschmidt win, but like Arenado was as deserving yeah. as as Goldschmidt last year. So, um, and yeah, we saw it just like two weeks ago, where Arenado is like, "Oh, I got to make up for the month of production. Let me do it all in two weeks." Right, and then now he's doing the same thing. He's chasing the low and outside pitch. His plate approach has diminished again, and we're seeing the exact same problem that we broke down like a month ago. Um, at defense, it's, I don't, you know, like I don't begin to understand like what sort of conditioning and, and like work goes into maintaining that high level of defense, like a, a, a plate approach. We have a lot of data around right. like identifying what the problems are. I just have to imagine that there's some degree of these things are, are connected and failure at one leads to failure at another. That's a kind of a common narrative -y, thing you know that you'll hear uh, and that is also what i think is being echoed a little bit in other conversations around the team around consistency and playing time and stuff like that so arenado Ar struggling at the plate so it's in his head and that makes him struggle at def defense which then makes him struggle at the plate and it's this sort of vicious cycle yeah it's just um it doesn't look right i can, I can definitely tell you that but uh yeah like the way i feel about um Paul DeYoung is the exact opposite of how I feel about Nolan. Like, <laughs> he'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Yeah, he'll yeah. get there at some point. It's just not what we're used to seeing. And it's, uh, it's stark when somebody's who we know can win the yeah. MVP and who is the best defensive, uh, third baseman, you know, over the past 30 years or so, uh, 
It's just strange. Yeah. Yeah. And the unfortunate reality is that like, this is another factor in why the Cardinals are bad this year, right? Like we talked about the pitching has been bad. We've talked about the inconsistency of the hitting and defense, which has been the, one of the team's strengths for the last few years is also struggling. Yeah. So it's like, there is, we know the Cardinal offense has the potential to be good. And at times has been in the top of the league and we have that to lean on, but there is like, there's just not a lot that makes you feel comfortable about a, like, a sustained run this year, but, um, <sighs> shitty yeah. NL central. You never know the talent. You is never there. Know. Like the, the, yeah. the players are there. I don't, I'm not writing it off. I'm probably sounding more negative than I intend to be on this episode. Uh, but these, these bird facts keep bringing me back. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, me too. Well, we've got more to talk about and including more compelling, interesting bird facts to entertain you and delight you. Uh, But before we do that, we want to remind everyone that this show is listener supported. We are supported on Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. (laughs) I've said birds too many times this episode. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. Patrons of any level get access to our private discord. We call it the bird scored. We're having a a good time in there chatting about the Cardinals. If you're looking for a space outside of Twitter or whatever your social media is that you want to go to, and you can talk to other fans and listeners of the show, the bird scored is where it's at. Uh, Or if you just want to support the show and the effort that goes into making this and bringing it to you every week, uh, we truly appreciate all of our patrons, including new patron, Jonathan H. Jonathan, thank you, thank you so much for supporting the show. We truly appreciate it. Um, ben, where can people uh, find us online otherwise? Yes, John, thank you so much for your contribution and joining the Bird Squad. Uh, talk about birds on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. You can email us questions, thoughts, um, musings, um, complaints, uh, rants talk about birds at gmail.com uh we're on spotify so check us out there if you prefer to listen to us on spotify we got a tiktok we're doing all kinds of tiktoks the video didn't record properly so we didn't get our tiktoks out last week i hope we get no TikToks TikTok. this week um because i felt very lonely without having to check my view count um yeah and actually skip everything i just said and go straight to talkingaboutbirds.com. once again that's talkingaboutbirds.com talkingaboutbirds.com Here's one you'll like, Ben. Worm-eating Bassian thrushes have been known to dislodge their prey from piles of leaves by directing their farts at them. The excretion of gas shifts the leaf litter on the ground and and apparently provokes worms to move around, revealing their location. Uh, I feel like you have a similar approach to... To uh, what? uh, Getting through crowds... uh, (laughs) Ex- you know, yeah. exerting your dominance. Yeah. Um, proposing to your wife. Yeah. Yeah. You think I fart into the ground and people <laughs> react to that? Um, yeah. Bird, I, you know, I, I'm if say you want to jump, if you want to jump a little higher. Yeah. There are too many birds. <laughs> oh, wow. Shots fired. Uh, <laughs> I think last week we were talking about the upcoming bird wars and we want to be on the right side of it. And language like that is not going to do our future bird overlords uh, any favors. So the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about birds, my boy. All right. All right. Uh, 
<laughs> so there was so so what are the what do we do now? Right? Where do we go? What are the Cardinals going to yeah. do? There was a there was a longer interview with John Mazalek in, uh, in the Athletic with Katie Wu. Um, ben, why don't you kind of share some of your your takeaways from that and see if we can pick apart at least somewhat what John Mazalek might be thinking? Yeah, yeah. And again, shout out to Katie Wu. She's the best. Go read She's her great. stuff on the Athletic uh, all the time. She's great. Um, so when she asked Mo about. Uh, the trade deadline and how to improve the team. Um, he said this back to her and I'll quote. Um, so that's a question that is coming up a lot. Are we buying or selling <laughs> right now? We're staying. We're whole wow. Ultimately, wow. as we see the next four to six weeks develop, that there might decide what we really do in the end. I hope we're actively trying to get better come July than looking to move talent. Um, now, is there a lot to take from that statement? Not really. Um, do I, I understand the ideology that you should wait until the trade deadline to make a move because you have more time to evaluate your team um, and therefore pivot one way or the other, buy or sell and presumably hold as well. Um, but I think like we were just talking about, the Cardinals have an extremely weak division. They're underperforming mm. their, uh, their, their stats. Um, we can look at this team with not that great of a lens and, and really see them a, a bounce back or regression to uh, normal is, is likely to happen. You, we can also look at this and say there's a big glaring issue on the pitching side. And the Cardinals not only need pitching help now, but they need it in the future, maybe even more than they need it uh, currently. So I think it's a little disappointing. I understand the thought process and the methodology, but I think the Cardinals should go acquire a cost-controlled pitcher and they should pay for it. And that, if that's Dylan, if that's Alec Burleson, if that is some combination of top prospects that aren't named Jordan Walker, I think that it's worth exploring pretty much all of those. Um, we see the log jam when healthy. Um, I don't know. That that's kind of my two cents on that. I also think like, do the Cardinals have the depth to trade from right now is another fair question. And with all the injuries going around, I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. It is a challenging problem. I I Mazalek's you know generic response is not that surprising and 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 frankly accurate, right? Like th they're they're holding and they'll make a decision until until it's closer. And I think while I agree with you that like they should go and do something now, I think probably every fan agrees with that. Uh, you know what they say, Ben, it takes two to tango. Wow. And and unless you're willing to significantly overpay something we've never seen the Cardinals do, most teams are going to wait until the deadline to sell because that's when they can really drive up the market and pit teams against each other. So even a team like maybe the Marlins or the White Sox um, or the Guardians. I know Bieber is a popular, yeah. uh, even though I don't necessarily think that's a great idea. Um, you know, like these teams are either close enough to contention, like 
the Guardians and the White Sox both probably consider themselves outside chances at their shitty division, so they don't want to trade until it's necessary. Uh, and then other teams are thinking, I'll just wait till everyone wants to buy, and then I can run up the prices, right? So even if Mazalek went out and said, I'm going to go acquire a starting pitcher right now, uh, I don't know that there's much options out there right now, other than you could go to someone and blow them out of the water. Yeah. I did. But who are you doing that with other than Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn? And you don't want to do that, right? And then everybody else, like you just said, is anybody really trying to acquire Alec Burleson right now? I know his underlying numbers are great, but he's kind of like a non-position uh, masher who's not mashing, right? Uh, is anyone trying to acquire Yepes right now? Same problem. Luke and Baker, same problem. Moises Gomez, same problem. You know, it's like, it's these guys that have these high ceilings, but also like basement level floors that yeah. like, I don't know that teams are looking to trade their aces <laughs> for, you know? So I don't know. It, it, it sucks. It's tricky. The, the, I guess the move was not getting here in the first place, but now that we're here, I don't know what, what the option is. Giolito yeah, had I, a good start the other day. Yeah, but again, he's interesting. Sox. Tarek Skubal is yeah. coming back right now. Um, yeah. And they're also there. This could be some messaging to the clubhouse. Like you guys got four to six weeks. Tell me what, like, is this yeah. team worth adding to or not? Um, it did. I, it was the first time I heard him say, I uh, in the position to be moving talent, which, yeah. which is his like super benign way of saying selling. Right. right? He will never say sell. Yeah, uh, it's it is not the cardinal way, um, <laughs> no. but if they do decide to sell, there's a few interesting options. You know, Montgomery might be able to get you something. Uh, your favorite player, Jordan Hicks, might be able to actually right yeah. now, you know, you probably get something good for Jordan Hicks. Um, yeah. yeah, there's some options, but yeah, I the Cardinals need want- to, Paul DeYoung, the Cardinals need to make some choices. Yeah. Yeah, um, obviously, I would rather them be buying and going for it. It's always more fun to go for it. But, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see the Cardinals as sellers. Uh, you know, they, but they never do. Even like 16, 17, 18, when it was like clear they're not going to make the playoffs. Or at least it felt clear. They still were like, nope, hold everything. Yeah. Hold and see what happens. Yeah. Which is I, what I think they should do right now. Um, I just yeah. am annoyed by... Well, here, I'll, I'll, the, the follow-up question, uh, Katie Wu asks, how would you evaluate the starting pitchings, pitching so far, and how confident are you in this group going forward? Mosaic responds, I think you would agree that we definitely got beat up for not doing something about starting pitching. Um, I can say, without naming names, the majority of the pitchers we did chase are currently on the IL. Now that, <laughs> yeah, now that doesn't justify why we did it or why not. But my point is it wouldn't have helped. Now this <laughs> comment obviously makes me enraged with fury, like fury, but that's not the reason I wanted to talk about it. It was more just like saying this out loud, I think is important for me and my sanity and Mosaic and our, whatever you would call our relationship that me and him have. And, and, you Cardinal fans have like, well, ultimately I thought we had a great relationship in. Yeah. John, get out of here. Oh, two Johns again. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this. It's, it's, 
it's the funny. Cardinals I mean, it just look it, like it's a, a shit very show funny right now. Yeah, it's a very funny thing to say. Like, well, even if we did sign them, it wouldn't have worked anyway. Our problems are way deeper than that. Yeah, <laughs> you <right>. know, like, <laughs> I mean, it is true. Like, everyone that we wanted him to sign is on the IL right now. It's like, yeah, Eovaldi uh, and gray that the rangers signed you know they they gobbled up the ones that are staying healthy but they also signed they signed everybody so they've yeah. also lost to grom you know um, so yeah i think like, like sure 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 mo say whatever you want um pablo lopez was very available there are other pitchers yeah. that are very available and really yeah. anyone was available you know for the right price so it's it, like Good job at targeting pitchers who are likely to be injured. Pitchers are always likely to be injured. Acquiring any pitcher is going to come with that risk. Like, what are you saying there? Other than like, here's like, I actually look pretty smart uh, because every (laughs) single pitcher in baseball is injured right now. Is it like, what do you? Yeah. I, I, again, I think he's accidentally like roasting himself and his organization because he's saying that like, even if we had signed these guys, we would still be in this shitty situation. So yeah. like, don't worry, nothing would have helped. Right. This was inevitable that we were bad this year. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So then there's a deeper root cause problem here. And I'm slowly holding a mirror up to John Mazalak saying like, I wonder what the bigger problem is here. I wonder if there's some core, uh, you know, team development issues that we need to address. Yeah. Maybe the fact that we've not developed a, an effective starting pitcher in like a decade is uh, maybe the the bigger problem here. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. What do I know? I'm it, just a guy with a bunch of bird facts. You, yeah, you sure are. It's just, <laughs> it's such a shitty way to kind of look at the situation and to telegraph that to your fans is massively annoying. I mean, Rich Hill would have been a contributor yeah. on this team. Like there are, I don't know. I don't know. Phrasing well, it that way is infuriating, yeah. but I, I do bother understand. They're all going to get hurt. Yeah. 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 I mean, he is right. Like he's not wrong. in his in that exact statement, if we had signed Rodon, we'd be in the exact same position as we are right now. Yeah. If we had signed to Grom, we'd be in the exact same, you know, like he's not incorrect. It's just, that's not what we're looking for. No, no, uh, we're not. We're not looking for you to be like, see, I told you. <laughs> yes. I, I told you doing nothing wouldn't work. Right. Or I told you doing nothing would be bad. I don't know. I guess I still don't. I don't know. He's just patting yeah. that individual decision, patting himself on his back for not doing that one thing. Right. So anyways. Yeah. Woo. Mo is Mo. Um, yeah. And uh Acorn woodpeckers store acorns by drilling holes in trees, fence posts, utility poles, and buildings, and depositing massive numbers of nuts. Wow. They've been known to store up to 50,000 acorns, each in its own tiny hole in a single tree called a granary tree. Isn't that fun? 50,000 cool. acorns. Can you believe it? Yeah. Yeah, I can. <laughs> it's a lot of nuts. It's a lot of nuts. <laughs> Are acorns nuts? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> truly don't know the answer to that question are are acorns <laughs> nuts acorns are botanical nuts of oak trees okay. they are not a common allergen okay wow 
anaphylaxis, <laughs> severe allergic reaction due to contact with acorns, would be very rare. Can this That's be nice. the last episode? <laughs> I think it needs to be. <laughs> Good. Uh, if this doesn't inspire someone to hit the build a wit tier of our Patreon, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else we have. We're pushing them for sure. Uh, should we talk about the upcoming series? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay. upcoming, the reds are coming to St. Louis for three, uh, and then shortly followed by the giants, um, uh, coming to St. Louis as well for three. Uh, those reds, man, we were kind of talking about in the bird score today. They're, they're doing things that are fun. Ellie did it. La Cruz, uh, was just recently called up. Um, yeah. unfortunately for them, Nick, uh, Lodolo goes down, uh, with an injury. So we won't be seeing him for likely the rest of the year. Um, but Ashcraft and green, um, those are still two power arms. They, uh, I don't know. They have a little more talent than, uh, yeah. their record or, I mean, their record is better than the Cardinals right now, but they're, they're an interesting team. Um, the Cardinals should beat them, but uh, playing right the way they are right now, I'm not feeling great. Well, they're calling up all their guys. It's exciting. If you're yeah. a Reds fan, it's finally something to be excited about. You st- you still have a shitty owner, but at least your pro- your player development group is is good because yeah. Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer. Um, there's another guy with his name, like Christian Emmanuel Strand or something like that. Uh, yeah. I, I might have gotten all of that wrong, but uh, there's uh, or it's like Incarnacion strand. I don't know. Anyway, uh, they, like they have a, a pretty deep well of interesting young position players. And McLean has come out of the box hitting well. Uh, Steer has really picked it up this year. And uh, Ellie De La Cruz is only one game so far, but Man. he looks good. <laughs> yes, he does. He is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're pitching already... In his yep. first game in the bigs, he had the hardest hit ball for the Reds all year and the fastest sprint speed for the Reds all year. So gives you an idea yeah. of his toolbox. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Yeah. Um, their pitching, I still think, has a ways to go. Lodolo going down definitely hurts, but Green and Ashcraft can be serviceable. And they might now have the best closer in baseball. Alexis Diaz has really stepped up this year. He's looking like his brother, Edwin. Yeah. Um, and so, like... Yeah, the the middle end of their rotation isn't there, and most of their bullpen isn't there. So there's still a lot of weakness on this team, um, which is I think holding them back. But man, with the state of the division, uh, like they could contend to this year if these yeah. position players really step up. I don't think that's the likely scenario though. But I I I think 2024. If they're willing to even spend a little bit of money on on pitching, which they may or may not be, they've you know their owner has made a lot of statements recently over the last year or two. To make you think <laughs> yeah, I have zero faith in that. But like point being is, I think we're really close to seeing a competitive Reds team, and with uh, you know who knows what the off season and whatnot will look like for the Cardinals and the Brewers and the Cubs, but like. I think they're right there in the stew with uh, having an open window for 2024. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, Looking at the Giants, the Giants have been fine. Um, Yeah. They are such a weird team, Um, but they have three starting pitchers, uh, Logan Webb, Dace Galfani, and Alex Cobb, who've had great seasons so far. Um, And then, of course, 
They're getting uh, Lamont Wade Jr., who kind of took a step yeah. back last year, is having a great year um, in limiting playing time. Tyro Estrada and J.D. Davis are playing close to all-star levels right now. Um, and it looked like Mike looks like Mike Yastrzemski is kind of back on track and having a nice season. Um, you know, decent power, uh, decent defense. Michael Conforto's hitting. Uh, this team's got some pop. Uh, they're a weird team, though. They're they are kind of an island of misfit toys, um, but it's working. And Cam- Cam- Camillo, Camilo, Camilo, Duvall. Camille. Yeah, geez. He has uh, kind of turned his season around and is looking like one of the better closers in baseball. Uh, and they got Tyler Rod- Rogers and John Brebbia. I mean, they're they're a very solid baseball team. They are playing exactly 500 right now. Uh, their Pythag is basically exactly 500 now. Um, but when a 500 team comes to St. Louis, it's hard to really feel super confident right now. It's it's going <laughs> to yeah. not be an easy series, I don't think. Well, when you are the worst team in the NL by the record, at least like yeah. every team is coming in better than you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not fun. At least it's at home. I've said this before earlier in the season. I feel like the Cardinals always get trounced in uh, at, at the Giants home park, and it just never feels like a a, a good series. Uh, playing the Giants at home, I think the Cardinals are are far more effective. So yeah, we shall see. Yeah. I'm I'm out of the prediction game. I'm no longer predicting how the after the sweep against the Pirates, I'm no longer saying things like this should be a good series for the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, yep. All right. Let's run through some uh, some updates from around the league. Yeah. Uh, so we already talked about it, but the Reds called up their top prospect, one of the best prospects in baseball, L.A. De, de la Cruz, who we will get to see firsthand here very soon. Hopefully him and uh, Jordan Walker can duke it out for two six, five plus monsters uh, that are yeah. going to be running the NL central here for the foreseeable future. Pretty cool. Um, in less great news, uh, we, I think we already mentioned this. Uh, Jacob deGrom is down for the rest of the year and into next year with Tommy John surgery. Um, obviously super disappointing. Um, one of the best yeah. players in baseball when he's healthy. It, the thing that I really hate about this is that this really calls into question for me what the rest of Jacob DeGrom's career is going to look like. He's 35 years old. He's coming back from TJ. It's going to be a year plus until we see him pitch again. I know Justin Verlander was able to win a Cy Young in advanced age after coming back, but you just never know. Um, And he is such a perfectionist and hardcore uh compete competitor that like i don't know i i don't know what's going to happen I, I just really hope we haven't seen the last of jacob de and i really hope he's able to pitch at the level that he can pitch at uh after the surgery yeah, yeah super bummer yeah. um baseball is better when your stars are playing and He's the best best pitcher on the planet. There is no question. Like, yeah, if you could pick one pitcher right now who's healthy to pitch a game for you, it's Jacob Degrom. He's and I the think guy. It's like it's like six steps, and yeah. then you get into like a whole bunch of other guys that yeah. you would, you would um, pick. Yeah. Speaking of other guys, Alec Manoa, former uh, Cy Young candidate for the Blue yeah. Jays, um, which which is why this is newsworthy. I, who I thought, I think I predicted him to win the. Um, Cy Young this year. I, I predicted him to take a step forward. Um, oh, yeah, he's he did. Been, yeah. Yeah. 
he's being optioned down to rookie level for the complex league, uh, basically to figure it out. Um, it's one of those yeah. things where it's, it's just not going the way it's supposed to go. Um, and that division Total with collapsed. that team and their position, he just needs to, needs to turn it around. But, uh, big news, um, uh, going down. I, I think he'll be back. I don't think he's going to win the Cy Young anymore this year, mm. uh, but I still think he'll be yeah. an effective pitcher. Yeah. I mean, it's a total collapse. It's crazy. Um, his, the, the final, you know, nail in the coffin was his start. I think it was yesterday. He gave up like six runs before getting one out and then yeah. was optioned like six hours later. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's rough. I, uh, I, I didn't pick him as my as my pick because I'm I'm better at that than you and sure. I totally saw this coming. But um yeah, it's very surprising. I, I we're big fans of the Blue Jays talking about other birds and uh and I hope that he can come back healthy. Yeah. Or like come back effective. Yeah. Uh Albert Pools has been named a special assistant to the commissioner and is set to work. He's already began his work yeah. uh, for MLB Network as an analyst. Uh, I will say I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Rob Albert, of course. Um, what is he going to do to help Rob Manfred? I can't imagine anything, uh, <laughs> but know. it'll be nice to see him on TV joking around with the guys and all that stuff. And it's just good to have Albert. It's the pool's resurgence. He's living yeah. his best life now. You he know, is. he's out there. He's got, he's smiling. He's going on TV and being a personality. It's like, it's a whole new thing. It's, it's, I was not ex- like special assistant to the commissioner actually is not that surprising to me. He, it, he's always seemed like interested in that sort of stuff. Right. I can see why he would want to be like involved in improving baseball. But being an MLB network analyst, very surprising. Very surprising. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Yes. But I'm here for it. Uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, some guys when they retire, they're, they're done and they fade into the background and pools was always going to be a big part of like Cardinal lore and, and celebrations and whatnot. But I did not expect him to become like a face, like no. a, a, you know, a celebrity in the game after being, after being done with it. So, uh, pretty cool. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he does well with it. Like I would not also have projected him to be good at this sort of thing. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. I yeah. mean, a rod does it. He's got a negative personality. So I think pools yeah. can pull it off, but everybody hates a rod because of it. That's There's true. like, but everybody know, hates a rod. It, it doesn't help where he, where he's, he's started at everyone hating. Yeah. Him, and then he's not a great broadcaster. So it hasn't helped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. That's all I got for league news. All right. Well, Ben, it, it might seem obvious to you what game we're playing today. Yeah, I already know. Um, but uh, I, I'm very excited to return to the show. A favorite game of ours. Bird or boy? Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a boy. Can't wait for this. <laughs> Here's how this game works. I've got a list of names. Some I've got of a them, list. How about you? <laughs> uh, I do have a list. Uh, some of them are birds. Some of them are a type of bird. And some of them are former members of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, I have stuck with just their last name. And then with a bird, it's just like the main word in the bird name, if that makes sense. Sometimes it'll be like a 
green fluted parrot or whatever. And I would just say parrot for this game, if that makes sense. Um, so the way this works is I will say the name and you have to tell me, is that a bird or is that a boy? Uh, if it is a bird, you will hear this sound. And if You're it's so a happy boy, with yourself, <laughs> it's, I just love that quacking makes me laugh every time. <laughs> and if it's a boy, you'll hear this. A real boy. Wow. Yeah. And that's how the game works. So uh, I'll keep score. You got to tell me, is it a bird? Or is it a boy? All right. Wow. First up. Big B. Big B. I'm going to say that's a boy. A real boy. That's right. Larry Bigby played outfield for the Cardinals in 2006. Yeah, that sounded familiar for some reason. Yeah. I I wouldn't say that I really remembered that, but it sounded familiar. Yeah. It's B-I-G-B-I-E. Larry Bigby, outfielder in 2006. Stud. All right. Oh, and he was on the Orioles as well. Interesting. Now now that's a bird boy right there. It is a bird boy. All right. Bilko. 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 Um, It sounds like a last name. It sounds like an insurance company or something. I'm going to say a boy. A real boy. Yes. You are are on fire right now. Let's go. Steve Bilko. Yeah. Played first base. From 1949 to 1954. Who could forget, Steve? Who could? Uh, All right. Glasscock. Glasscock. Um, Man, it's a great name. I am going to say that's a boy. Why would you... Wow, yes. You're on a roll. Hell yeah. All right. All right. So you'd have to be an idiot to name a bird Glasscock. <laughs> you would have to be an idiot. Stupid. All right. Dick Sissel. Dick Sissel. Dick Sissel. Uh, <laughs> that's a <laughs> very silly name. Um, I'm going to go with a bird just because it feels like a bird to me. Yes, man. Years of playing this game and it's all coming together. I'm metagaming the shit out of you right now. The dick sizzle is a sizzle is a small seed eating migratory bird in the family. Cardinalidae. It breeds on the prairie grasslands of the Midwestern United States and winters in the Central America. Wow. Northern Colombia and northern Venezuela It is the only member of the genus Spiza. Through some sources, list other supposedly extinct species. <laughs> supposedly extinct. Wow. The grand conspiracy. All right. Moving on. Wingo. Uh, did a Wingo eat your baby? Uh, Trey Wingo, sportscaster from St. Louis. Um, so I know that there is a surname with Wingo. Um I'm going to say that's a boy. A real boy. Let's go. Man, I'm good at this. Ivy Wingo. 
was the catcher. Wow. For the St. Louis Cardinals or a catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals from 1911 to 1914. What an insane name that is. Ivy Wingo. I know. It's pretty cool. All right. Ivy. All right. I-V-E-Y. Hardhead. Hardhead. Never met a man named Hardhead or a woman or anyone. Uh, and I've met a lot of people. Yeah. People, most of them. People love to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that's a bird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not fooling you this time. The hardhead. No also known as the white-eyed duck, is the only true diving duck found in Australia. The common name hardhead has nothing to do with the density of the bird's skull, <laughs> instead referring to the difficulty encountered by early taxidermists in processing the head. Hardheads are found in wetter coastal regions of Australia, particularly in the southeast, but are known to disperse as far afield as New Guinea, New Zealand, and the Pacific Islands. Um... You know, I just realized this is a baseball podcast and you're providing more detail and context on the birds than you are the baseball players. Yeah. What do you want? What more? This is what I bring to the table. You suck. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Bullweg. Bullweg. That's a great name as well. Uh, Bullweg. Where would Mr. Bullweg be from? I don't think anywhere. I think that's a bird. Damn it. Got him. All right. Uh, Don Bullweg. It's an amazing name. (laughs) Uh, Played first base for the Cardinals in 1950 to 1951. All right. Sounds like a guy. Waddell. There is definitely a minor leaguer in the system right now whose last name is Waddell. Um, So I... But this is only major league players, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. So here's <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. Two of my favorite Googles. List of all birds. Yeah. <laughs> and list of all St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. And so this I pull from the Wikipedia page. I do not believe it is pulling from the minor league system. Um, okay. But I, I'm not 100% sure. I think if it was pulling from the minor league system, the article would be infinitely long yeah because a hundred and a hundred years of minors but um, okay i'm gonna say it's a boy that your thing didn't help me at all but let's see i decided you'd find it interesting haha i don't know maybe he is in the minor system right now brandon waddell isn't he uh he uh he made he pitched in 2021 did he for the cardinals okay yeah well I was sort of right. Wow, I do not yeah. remember his big league appearance. Doesn't Waddell sound like a bird name, though? Because they waddle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the there's the black-throated Waddell over there. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Weirdo. Apparently, he's retired, by the way. Bye. Well, may, may we always remember his bird-sounding name. Waddle Waddle. Last one. Loferina. <laughs> um, well, I want there to be a loaf-shaped bird named Loferina. I think that that is a boy. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the greater lo- the greater Loferina 
also known as Superb Bird of Paradise or Greater Superb Bird of Paradise, is a species of the Paradisidae Bird of Paradise family. It was considered the sole species in the genus until in 2017, it was recognized that there were three species. Wow. All right. That's exciting. <laughs> well, Ben, there were nine total. You got seven of nine. Yeah. I had a hot uh, start. You did have a hot start. I think that's been your best performance in Burger Bowl. Yeah, I'll take that for sure. Yeah. So congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who listened this far into this episode. You did it. <laughs> it's almost done. You can resume whatever uh, you were doing before this. Yeah. Because I assume most of our listeners sit in a blank room staring at the wall while they listen to our content. Yeah. You plug your phone up to the hi-fi there. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to be uh, releasing our podcast on vinyl records here <laughs> soon. The sound is just so much better. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so much be, the warmth. The warmth. The of warmth. The vinyl. That's what yeah. you want. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I feel like if we made a, a, a vinyl record of our podcast, the needle would break the moment it touches it. <laughs> Electrocutes the listener. This is an accursed, an accursed disc. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed the show again, consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. I hope you enjoyed the shtick this week. <laughs> God. <laughs> Remember, what's your spark bird? Uh, We'll be back next week, hopefully after a good series against the Reds and the Giants. And uh, remember, tell your moms, tell your dads, tell your friends, tell some birds. Put a little note on a little bird. See where that bird goes. Yeah, smart. Yep. And until next week, let's go Nuggies. (laughs) Nuggies. Nuggies.